What a jerk. Dang evil computers trying to make our lives better. You know the saddest thing, like from the com- from the computer's point of view, unless they act, they achieve some kind of am level sentience. Um, if a com- if a computer ends up being the reason we destroy ourselves, the whole time the computer's thinking, like I'm just trying to help. <laughs> this will make you happy. <laughs> Hi, listeners, welcome to our pleasant evening. For today, we're going to be covering Isaac Isimov's favorite short story entitled The Last Question. I was frankly surprised that any author would have a favorite of their own works, but here we are. You know, uh, that's something I, I meant to Google this, actually. What do you mean to Google? Just like artists' favorite of their own thing. So I kind of I, I kind of touched on on this before. I was surprised that any any creative any artist would be like, oh, yeah, th- this this work of mine is above all other works I've done. Typically, if I am listening to like a, an interview with a director or something, sometimes I'll ask them like, which is the you know after this career that you that you've had, like, what's your favorite of the movies you've made? And they'll usually say, like, whatever one I'm working on right now, it's the only way to do it. It's the only way you can get anything done. Well, because otherwise, what's what's the point if it's not going to be your most current thing? Yeah. If you think you're if you think you're, you're over the hill, then like some people like find like they like find that they're at a comfortable plateau. I think this happens with um, musicians, maybe a little bit more. Because I guess like playing music inherently is something joyful. What I hear a lot with the musicians, um, well, I guess this comes from less the artists themselves and more like the fandoms. But if like they go mainstream, fans like, oh, they they sold out after this point or after this album. Right. Like we we as the uh, it is our job as the masses to to make these judgments. But Isaac Asimov looks back on his works, sees this particular story, is like ah. Now, this is a lovely little thing, isn't it? A jewel in my crown. This is the only story I've read from Isamov, but <laughs> yeah. I I did quite enjoy it. Um, yeah. So the edition I had actually had like a comment about why it was his favorite. All right, so I'm going to directly quote Isamov himself. This is by far my favorite story of all those I've written. After all, I undertook to tell several trillion years of human history in the short space of a short story I leave it to you as to how well I succeeded I undertook another task but I won't tell you what was lest I spoil the story for you it's a curious fact that innumerable readers have asked me if I wrote the story you never seem to remember the title of the story or for sure the author except for the vague thought that it might be me but of course, they never forget the story itself, especially the ending. The idea seems to drown out everything, and I'm satisfied that it should. End quote. That last sentiment is really interesting. Like, it definitely fits like the style. I think that this book, that the story is written in, where it does like sort of like step back, like the prose steps back to allow just sort of the ideas to yeah. kind of come through. Like there are, um, which is interesting. Like I think it'll be fun to like dig into a little bit, like the few bits of of scene work that there is. 
Yeah, there's not much event-wise. There's a lot of background, though, and, like, a lot of human history. And I, I guess I agree with him there. I, I think that's pretty impressive to squeeze in trillion years of history and spam 26 pages. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I feel you feel that as you go. Like, there's, like, little bits of description. Like, I don't know why I was... My my, I guess we'll we'll get to it. It's a short story, so, um, but my heart sank a little bit, or like there was like a a, a little flutter inside me when they go visit the Milky Way and the stars burned out. Like it's got it's become it's gotten Nova. Oh yeah, it became uh, what was it a uh, white dwarf. a white dwarf? Yeah, I guess that's like one of the more obvious ones. Like the the other aspects of it is just like the ways that um, human human society and then just humanity in general changes too it was, it was a cool direction for the most part yeah what do you think i guess um we'll we'll like run through the story i think it's a short enough story that we get to just like um revel in the revel in the yeah. ideas yeah what do you think the uh the the secret other undertaking might have been um well, I, I, I think he... Gotta hmm. be the computer stuff? Like the sort of, um, the inverted theology? I, I, I think it was the emergence stuff. Emergence? As, uh, as, 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 as yeah, an emergent you, behavior, so, so like, it's a behavior of a system that does not depend on its dependent part, on its individual parts, but their relationships to one another. So it's like that synergy... Oh, I, I get what you're saying. So, like that, that, that the, the part, the parts of like a human cell or any, any biological cell, there, there, there's no like. Oh, I see. Like, like when you go up in scale, like the individual um, logic of the parts kind of like gets subsumed into a larger logic. Right, in in a way that's going to surprise though. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so like for examples. So like all, all those parts and bits and pieces of a cell, there's no hinting that it's going to make some, you know, white blood cell that fights viruses. Like, have you seen a thing that's like, I don't know if it's like the enzyme, like walking, like it looks like it's walking on top of DNA strand or something. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's so goofy, but like, it does, it's just like, it's not even like think, you know, it's, it's, uh pre-thought like pre it's not, it's not even a thi- you know it's not even a thinking thing it's just sort of like chemical causality taking something from one right one, but, a but point in, point in that in that chemical biochemical uh processes we're chain we're, we are seeing that this emergence of, of something that's totally shocking mm-hmm. or, or like the synapses in a brain like, like there, there's no hint that that was going to ever make instinct or co- or consciousness <laughs> in the way that we observe it, but it, it, it emerged that way from that material, physical phenomena. I think this is like a, an interesting thing, but I wonder if, if in this story, um, there's a little bit less room for, for that kind of like organic, like if anything, like the story is like how things become less organic and more uh, uh, prescribed. Right. Well, so so that's emergent behavior from machinery then, which I guess would be more cybernetics. Yeah, but like it's still like doing what you expect it to do. 
and serving humanity. Like it, it doesn't seem to transcend like its purpose. It's just like its inner workings become a black box. Oh, at the end there, I saw some uh, transcendence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there. Yeah, when that's an interesting thing. Yeah. Either way, like whatever um, reading of the nature of this system is, uh, it's like how like all like parallel lines somehow meet at infinity. Like either way, you end up at it. It is a. <laughs> it is this a great mystery that it that it. Um, that it lands on like either way like whichever side you take it's still the same point of of like yeah like you said like surprise or um surprise in the end, or... like where, where everything is going like not even the computer knows insufficient data did it insufficient at this time what was the question he asked me that spurred all that what you thought the hidden oh, endeavor was yeah can i ask this, the same of you let me let me look at that uh um, I guess if I were to take a shot at what I think it might have been, and maybe we'll discover it as we dis- as we discuss the story. I guess like my uh, my guess would be, I guess like the exploration of I don't know. I'm trying to think of like <laughs> just like um, I guess like the exploration of of entropy and of trying to sell or imagine a vision of it and its and the transcendence from it that could be accepted what do you mean because uh, it seems like a, like an overall optimistic it is, it is it is definitely optimistic i think i agree i agree there um if the one task is to depict the passage of trillions of years and, and then to imagine what it would be like to witness um the decay of the universe then the other task might be um imagining not just the uh the the journey but the destination and what it would take to bring along like our human designs along with it through that roller coaster huh uh i guess like this sort of it seems like a deeply um i don't know capital h i think they never do capital h like like a like a very humanist thing. Like, can we science our way through through uh, through the heat death of the universe? And what's on the other side? Can we reverse it? Can humanity reverse entropy? I guess it was humanist. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, this uh, computer seems so so nurturing. Well, well, I just think that makes me wonder if it's humanist or, or not. If, or, if the computer yeah. is is doing it all, it's it's rather techno <laughs> technoist right. computerist. I guess it's just like the uh, like we were talking. Because um, <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. In in a sense, this is also the duology of like is this an emergence thing or uh, uh, whatever like uh, expansion of one vision. Either way, when you get to to this, you know, vanishing point at the end of the universe, they kind of meet anyways. Right. Like, is it humanist or or cyberneticist, whatever, or transhumanist? When you get to the heat of the universe, (laughs) it comes together in the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You want to go? This this is interesting. That's kind of that's awesome thought. Oh, it would be how you beat entropy too, because because you you 
you take two normally isolated systems from each other and even under you know different understandings of systems one organic one inorganic you combine those two there's no more entropy we did it we figured it out <laughs> right no as, long as, as, the, as long as there is a, a fundamental other then that means that that things aren't in total uniformity which is what defines entropy uh, sounds so, uh, oh that's because that's something that actually like that um worried me like as the story went on okay i talked about it being optimistic but some of it and maybe it's because we were reading these other like darker science fiction stories and um as as like this story like evolves and these people become less human to the point where i think like you know at the end even like their individuality somehow gets like folded into this um, orange goo yeah, yeah, everyone becomes, I'll see, <laughs> everyone becomes digital coup. You know, it, there is something about, like, individuality being uh, eroded. That's, like, it, it did make me, that did feel, like, um, like, a little dark. Like, I was thinking, like, I don't know, is it even, is it better to, to just die? <laughs> like, well, because there's a point there where, where they were floating around into hyperspace as individuals. Yeah, but even then, like, one of them, like, when they're talking and they're talking about different galaxies and they they go, like, well, all galaxies are basically the same. And it's like, Jesus, why are you even, why even bother? That's, that's fair. But at the same time, what are you going to give up? What are you going to... Right. I don't know. To your point, though, after a certain point of advancement, I mean, what more can you do? Besides play around with hydrogen as though it were a sandbox. <laughs> right, as long as there's like room for for play. the creation aspect of creativity. Creation. Uh, there's a, yeah, there's a very theological science fiction story. It's also um, maybe that's the other task is create a new religion. <laughs> this weird crossover with science fiction, isn't it? Right. That there, there's a famous Arthur C. Clarke quote that like technology advanced um beyond a certain point is indistinguishable for magic. Yeah. And and I guess Isaac Asimov is like is is responding again. It's like, yeah, but even but if you go even further than that, it's indistinguishable from uh from a creation myth from from a, the creation myth. It's yeah, it's indistinguishable from I I was trying to think of like a, a fancy word for religion. I don't know, cosmogony. From the prime mover. From the primordial faith. There we go. <laughs> I'm sure we'll touch on on these. Oh, that's cool. We like wow. We could like we could wrap up, go to lunch already. I feel like we got at an interesting point here at this story. Do you wanna? But do you wanna? Um, uh, do you wanna like uh, zoom in a little bit? Go through the uh, just like how the the story part of it, like the way. Yeah, the story. Like, like how how these ideas. Uh. Came to be, yeah. Well, so it, it opens. I got here May twenty first, twenty sixty one. Twenty sixty one. Oh, we're not that far away from it. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> so humanity reaches the stars, right? And is that what? 
Okay, I just have this quote here at the very beginning, the first line, which is interesting. It's like, the last question was asked for the first time, half in jest, on May 21st, 2061, at a time when humanity first stepped into the light. Like, and, like, that's just, like, a weird sentence. And it doesn't pay off until the very end. It came about as a result of a $5 bet. <laughs> Over highballs, and it happened this way. That's crazy. <laughs> What an opening. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, like, first up to the light, this sound, sounds, you know, like, like Plato or or the Bible, right? And then it's like, and these people were drunk on, on this very 20th century casual uh, conversation. These two guys are drunk and... $5 can't be worth that much in 2061 either. Oh my god, yeah, inflations. So this, this, is, this is like a small bet for them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I won't get. I won't. I promise not to trip over every single line in the story. No, it's all good. I, I mean, there, there's there's good there's good prose here. Yeah, um, it's yeah, it's very it's very elegant, very clean. It's punchy when it needs to be. Yeah, we can we can keep going. I do want to put a pin on on the prose, um, and just like I I you know they don't write them like this anymore. What was that? They don't write like. They don't write them like that. Maybe they do. I don't read enough science fiction. I did read an Andy Weir novel like uh, a few weeks ago. And, you know, I, I liked it. I, I read uh, Operation Hail Mary. I liked it. Uh, to anyone listening, good book. It's fun. But it's the dialogue, the the, the prose is it's like this this story get put on a little blazer puts on a, or a little tweed coat to talk to you and it's just very clean and nice and this andy weir novel like it sounds like a like a, like it's written like a reddit post i swear it's <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's talking about like all like the, he you know, that goes into like all this uh science fiction stuff all these engineering uh uh machinations and he's like that's epic bro I'm so, I don't know. It's making me sound old-fashioned. I used to I used to put on a nice pair of pants when they go, went to church, and now they'll dress in anything. These kids in their blue jeans, I can't. Cool. Sorry. Pants. Sorry. Okay. No, it's all good. It's all good. Need the, to put that out. There. Mm-hmm. Our, our drunk gamblers at this point, or uh, multi-back operators—that's what the computer is called at this point in time. Yeah. Our two gamblers are Alexander Adol. And Bertram Lupov. And that's the last normal name you hear in the rest of the story. They, they get they get pretty wacky and and uh, <laughs> computer esque. The, the the layer names kind of remind me a lot of uh, I have no mouth and and how <laughs> how how am named his name these things. Yeah, just amused by these weird random noises. Yeah. So at this point, Multivac had helped them gather energy from the sun. Oh, right, because they're like hitting their limit in their expansion across the across the solar system. So like right. get to get materials and energy. The computer figured out a way to get energy from the sun. I think that's what they're celebrating. That must be. You think that's stepping into the light? What was it? Do you think that's stepping into the light? Um, 
I mean, I think I probably ties into the last line. I'll shut up and we'll, we'll continue. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. First up into the light and then in the last line. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I think that would be what's, what they're stepping into the light of, though, is being able to... Like, go to space and, like... Be able to figure out how to embrace the energy of the sun. Yeah, after that point, it, it is like the universe became the thing that they can interact with and not just their little corner of the universe that they're allowed to exi- to, to survive in by, by physics. Right, yeah, so they're celebrating that they, they're... It's a new age of, of, of space travel and of humanity. They're getting uh, information from the sun. And they're like, all right, free energy forever. And then one of them goes like, oh, not forever. Right, yeah. What, what, what exactly was it? Yeah, I think Lup- Lupov corrects him, not, not forever. And Adele says, oh, oh, hell, just about forever. <laughs> Till the sun runs down. And it's so funny how, like, that's, like, a, such a, um, it is, like, an existentially terrifying thing. In, in a way, it's the most serious thing. And I don't know how I landed. I really, I'm really liking this uh, lines converging at infinity metaphor. But it's a very serious thing. But when Lupov is saying it, he's just being an annoying shit. No, <laughs> it's so far away, though. Like. Yeah. <laughs> like, to, 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 to Adele's point like this this pretty much forever as far as as they're concerned yeah they they don't they don't have to confront that so they they get to this debate not so much debate but this argument about maybe you know maybe uh it can be forever right where yeah if they can find a way to uh continue after all the stars in the universe have died out can they like after everything dies out can they build everything up again or something the precise question was how can the net amount of entropy of the universe be massively decreased? Was it, was their precise question? That seems like the, so I guess their ultimate concern is preventing the stars from ever burning out. And apparently like, um, like as I was translating for us, because at this point in the story, uh, multivac is advanced enough that they, you know, they're simple little drunk minds, trust it with such a question to trust it to know this and to believe whatever it says but you know you still need technicians keeping it up and you still and you can't just like ask it a question you have to phrase it in symbols and operations which translate to a question then it feeds back the answer in in uh or no no it it gives it gives it words a teletype that's cute if i words are printed Insufficient data for meaningful answer. No, <laughs> they don't even get to. They don't even get to resolve their their bet. And that's the end of that. That's the last we hear of Lupov. Then, then we're introduced to Gerard, his wife, Gerardine, and his children. Gerardette one and Gerardette two. Must be pretty being Gerardette two. Oh my god! Yeah, even if it's the custom, even if. Even if your friends are Geraldine too, like still, still, it's kind of, it's kind of hurt a little bit. Even later, when they're talking about the galaxies, they're saying, "Well, not all of them are different. One of them has to be the original." So they care about what's the original. <laughs> <laughs> not all Gerardettes are the same, <laughs> Gerard. 
imagine that. Like, so this is the future, way in the future. Society has advanced to a point where where this is the naming convention. This is also, I mean, this is part of like, um, you know, in in, in retrospect, like I like here at this point, I'm reading a story. I'm still just like taking it. I guess things are different, but it's, and that's a really good way to communicate that. Not only have has things changed, but like society has changed in some way. You know, in that way that everyone becomes more and more a computer as the story goes on. This is a very logical naming convention. Right. And it's like right. there's already right. super Yeah. Completely unemotional. We're gonna name our kids the same <laughs> name, a combination of both our of our names, it looks like. Because Jer- Gerard and Jeradine makes Jaredette. And then we number <laughs> them. Yeah, it, it seems like there's a little bit of Patrick. They haven't quite uh, gotten rid of that wrinkle yet. No, that's, that's true. It's Gerard and then Gerardine. Imagine, like, I think my girlfriend has a beautiful name, but it's so sad that when we get married, she'll be called Robertine. Right. Yeah, so is, is, is that what happens? So Gerardine <laughs> used to be... Someone else or had a different name, and then when she married, she had Jared. She had to take, yeah, she, the, take the first name. Yeah, she used to be uh, uh, Amorine or something. Probably whatever her father's name was. <laughs> oh, yeah, Amorette. It would, it, would, it would have been her father's Amorel. <laughs> Amoro, Amorette. <laughs> but, you know, maybe, you know, what? maybe they're cool with it. Whatever. Um... It's just that you don't really get, you only get like these little glimpses uh, at what's going on. Uh, that's not the only thing that's changed, right? Because now it's not multivac, but microvac. I think we're traveling through hyperspace now, too. So, because we figured out light, sp- light speed, right? Right. Or like um, hyperspace would be like FTL, right? Yeah. Because like, like that means like you're like somehow like crossing dimension. Or you're, you're what, you're, you're breaking gravity? Let me see. I, think I think that means something specific. I have for space. I think it means like you're traveling through another dimension, like 4D travel or something. What's what's the fourth dimension? Okay, I used to think that uh, the fourth dimension was time, but apparently time is just like another vector. I guess that's what any dimension is, but it's not like the next level of it. It's just like another kind of vector that space can can fold or be understood through. Because of higher dimension through us, the shape of our three-dimensional space can be distorted during distance. Ah. No, so so it, it would be via, like, gravity particles, I think, is how we would do it. Computer, how would we do hyperspace? Hey, ChatGPT. You, you know, a- after reading this, I did ask ChatGPT if there's a way for us to reverse entropy. <laughs> oh, what did they say? It, it didn't. It didn't give me the direct quote of of uh, I re- I really wish it got the reference. <laughs> it's not cool like that. No, no, not yet. Um, what did it say? It said no. I'm afraid reversing entropy is not within the possibility according to the laws of physics. Entropy tends to increase over time, leading to a more disordered, ordered, and less organized state. You know what I say to uh, the ChatGPT is. Not, not with that attitude. Well, I asked, will we ever find a way? As my last knowledge update in September 2021, there is no known way to reverse entropy on a microscopic scale, according to current understanding of the laws of physics. Blah, blah, blah. 
scientists are continuing to explore how to. Let's give it 40 more years. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. That, then I'll be able to understand my book reference. <laughs> then I'll finally get to Asimov. Took me 30 years to get to Asimov. I'm 69 years old. <laughs> oh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to hyperspace because they're going through like other planets. Like they got to the point where. They're getting energy from any star that they want at any point. They can travel anywhere. And yeah, the Jared clan, they're moving to X-23 where there's a million people waiting for them. Uh, they're starting their new life there as a family. Uh, yeah, they're just sort of chatting. Like, how nice that... Uh, they're doing exposition dialogue at each other. It's a good thing computers worked out how to do, <laughs> how to do this stuff. But as they, you know, as they're talking, like entropy comes up as a concept, and like uh, they get, uh, they get sucked into that debate. One of them, Jared, decides to be a little smart. I was like, well, I guess we won't have stars forever. <laughs> and that, <laughs> that trips up uh, the Jaredettes, and they get so like worked up. Like this is really interesting because I remember being a kid learning about the heat death of the universe and it making me sad learning about the idea that the like not even that just even that that our star will become a red giant at one point i remember like that making me sad. like i really hope we can get to space before that right like i hope we all make it out, out of there in time <clears throat> yeah it made me like yeah maybe aware of uh of of a ticking time bomb you know on a scale that that is so big that how could it matter? This is before I knew about global well, warming. I, I guess. I guess my question though was how how do they know it's so far away? And I, I that's I think it's I think there's like a way to calculate it based on like the output of the star. You can oh, tell how fair. old it is and from the mass. That's good. I got the math figured out from the size and the. I don't know, the wavelength of the... I don't know. There's stuff... Yeah, there's... A lot of people are very motivated to learn about that stuff, so they... They pick up any little clue they can. And they've they've learned it. Yeah. But that is another thing that would make me uh, nervous, is that question, too. Like, if there wasn't the, the gauge on your car, then you wouldn't know when it's out of gas. Until it's out of gas. There's a warning that it's low on gas. Otherwise, like from just like the state of the car, like if that gauge doesn't work, then. Well, you, you have to know that the gauge is measuring what it's actually measuring too. Mm. What, what, it's, what it's supposed <laughs> to be. It's a lot of trust. Well, right. So there's like this whole industry around the, the gas gauges to make sure that it's correctly measuring your gas. Man, we are so fragile. So many bits and pieces and parts. I, some, the other day I saw, I saw a spider make a web between my car and a bush and it's like oh you naive little spider like i don't know the last time i was spider like there's a chance i don't know that you were born before i parked my car there or before born right after i parked my car there so it's been there your entire life like i think they do they do take some time like unless i was parked for a few days that's probably not true but you know <laughs> like you, you you're making this web and you're feeling comfortable there and I'm about to change your whole life. <laughs> I'm going to destroy your fucking home. <laughs> I guess, too. I guess um, uh, making a web is relatively trivial to a spider. They can make more. I don't know. Maybe I picked the wrong. But 
I like spiders too. I feel bad ever disrupting one because yeah. they, they they kill they kill mosquitoes <laughs> and other things. Yeah, they didn't know that you were that you needed to open that door. You're moving furniture right now, so you can't even go around it. Somebody you have to move that car. It's still sitting there. I didn't touch it. I'm walking. I'm walking to work. Oh, really? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very Janist approach to things. Oh, that's that joke in uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Like the reason that Earth gets destroyed is because they're building a highway. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, we don't even realize. Like our our existence depends on the air being just right and other you know other animals existing in just this way and even left alone we can barely keep that up but if we do everything right which is like i guess like the angle of the story if we do everything right which is so difficult it doesn't it it surpasses even our collective minds we have to invent a mind that is more powerful than all of us combined and that mind does everything right it's we do it. We do end. At, we do get to this strange cliff. This plateau. Yeah, the way that entropy is 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 so much nothing. It's not even like it's just the absence of of event. It's not even apocalypse. It's just just everything. It's well, it's it's just disorder, right? Yeah, I hate that the phrase. I can't say this phrase anymore. It's everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes, you can. Okay, but I don't mean it in relation to the film. I guess you could make a, if you want to, but no, I mean, that's fine. That's fine. It's, it is. It is that. Things only are meaningful when it's one thing instead of another thing. Also, we have to see that. Oh, it's pretty good. I mean, it won the Oscar. What do you, you didn't need me to tell you that. It won the Oscar. It's fun. It's a, it's a, it's a cool movie. <laughs> um, there was some backlash because some people were a little bit annoying about it, but I find it to be... Annoying hell. Like, oh, this, this is the best thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And it's like, it's it's got like this, um... Uh, sort of, uh, I don't know what to call it, like, this sort of, like, millennial sincerity, this Ted Lasso niceness about it that irks some people. I didn't mind Ted Lasso too much. It was fine. Did you watch that one? Yeah, I saw the first two seasons. I liked it, and then, but it did, like, I did find, like, the first season, like, worked a lot better. Um, Shit's Creek was not for me. Oh, that's another one of those, like. I, I didn't, I didn't like that one. At all, I, yeah, I've never seen that. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure you'll you'll dig it. Every everyone else around me <laughs> seemed seemed to have enjoyed it. Statistically speaking, I will enjoy. It. Nine out of ten, Dennis approve of this toothpaste. <laughs> all right, every once in a while, you have to be the other dentist, but yeah, yeah, yeah sometimes you have to be the, the odd one out. You know what's so funny about that phrase is that, like, if you ever ask a dentist, like, oh, is this toothpaste good? They're like, yeah, I don't, what, yeah, they're all fine. Just brush your teeth. <laughs> no, you so, know, I, I think, as far as some law thing, like, I, I, I don't. I don't think they're allowed to advertise it as oh this has like a hundred percent. You're allowed to undershoot it, but you can't you can't like be too sure about anything. No, you, you can't be one hundred percent sure that this product will, will do as advertised under a right. I, I, I blanked. I, I, get I had it. I had it, and I lost it. Right, like have you, if you notice, like they're not allowed to say lifetime guarantee anymore, because someone said like, well, what if uh, someone becomes immortal? And, you know, with entropy, like, that thing's not going to last that whole lifetime. So you actually can't say lifetime guarantee anymore, either. There's inherent vice in all of it, you know? Yeah, you don't... You can't say... 
You don't know how long I'll live. Chat GPT, will my toaster outlive me? Probably not. No, I mean, we talked about the yeah the decline of consumer goods too. Did we cover that one? Sick. <laughs> yeah, join us next week for uh, uh, Brave Little Toaster. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to cry. No, thank you. <laughs> those were some. Those were some emotional films. And I've actually. I've actually never seen it. Really? Yeah. It seems. It seems pretty good. It's like a like a Toy Story kind of thing, right? It's more effective than Toy Story. You'll you'll feel more. horrible throwing away any inanimate object. <laughs> right. We, so we, got, we got we got derailed. Sick. <laughs> Right, I was afraid we wouldn't have enough to talk about in this. Yeah, we haven't gotten through the second the second skit in this story. Right, yeah. So they ask the they ask the computer, they ask Multivac, Microvac, um, which is a, a an instance of the computer that's connected to a planet wide computer. Um, they ask it. Oh, I thought it was cute how the kid was like, "Don't let them, Daddy. Don't let the stars run down." <laughs> Microvac gives the you know the standard answer right of insufficient data for meaningful answer, mm. but Jared did something very nice for his daughters. I I, th- I thought it was nice at least he he mm. lies to them where he says that Microvac will take care of everything when the time comes. So don't worry. That's that's so interesting. That little bit of lies because you don't get a lot of stories like the the. We we have abandoned uh, the last human, the last weird, the last normal name centuries ago. But like humanity is still very normal here. Like that's it's a very interesting kind of human lie that you tell your children. It's like in a in a in a very secular way, in a very post uh, enlightenment kind of way. Like the invention of religion, right there. Because it's not even it's not even like uh, no, daddy will will st- let, stop the stars from going out. It's a uh, microvac will take care of it. Yeah, it's like saying, uh, you know, um, not to sound like a epic fedora atheist, uh, but you know that that does feel like um, like a kid goes up to you, like learning about mortality. And it's like, oh, are you gonna die? And it's very, it's a, it's a very nice like get out of jail free card to be like, you know. Not really because our souls are immortal. We have these things for souls that never die and. When I get old, eventually I'll go to sleep and they'll go to heaven, and then you'll go to heaven, and we'll be together again. We'll always be together. But you know, there's a. I, I, I'm not the first person. I, I know I've heard that. I've heard someone say this, how like we used to like have visions of apocalypse, and then we invented the bomb, and then apocalypse became just something we could like press a button to make happen. And like this multivac is like a little angel, like little a little positive mirror to it it's you can say like no like no we won't like we don't have to worry about the end of things because microvac will take care of it it's also a vision of that that is so rooted in sort of um leave it to beaver kind of optimism (laughs) like this machine here like (laughs) it's got us this car here will take us miles it's like a used car salesman selling microvac. You don't have to worry about entropy. This baby right here will take you through. It, it's, it's like a super old, rusty version of microvac too, right? So when when, when the dealer slaps <laughs> the, the roof of it, something breaks <laughs> off. Oh, don't worry about that. That's supposed to happen. Um, at this point, if we just extrapolated it from this point, like this is, if, if we were to make a religion from this point, it's like, 
I don't know. This feels like a very 1950s consumer America vision. Like if they were to start over, if, but like, let's make a religion that works. And then that's where they would start. It is, it is very 1950s esque, right? Cause you have your nuclear family. Yeah. Model still. Your Jareds and your Jaredettes. The Jaredettes are, I guess, kind to daddy too. It's, yeah, it's an interesting point, but then things get weirder. They get weirder. <laughs> the names, the naming conventions get really strange. All right. Because <laughs> then it's VJ23X of Lamix is talking to MQ17J of Nikron. Right. Both seemed in their early 20s. Both were tall, perfectly nor- perfectly formed. So they've transcended. This is, a, at this point, they're immortal. Right. They, they figured out how to... Eternally youthful. Everyone is. Which is another thing where, like, um, when when you were a kid, I don't know, did you grow up with uh, uh, the Lord in your in your life? What? Were you? Um, did you have Jesus in your life when you were a kid, or like, how was your? Yeah. So I I, I was when I, when I was a kid, I was in private school since first grade. It was like a Catholic school or like a. It, it was it was all it was all Roman Catholic baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> From first grade all the way up to high school, and then all the way up to Xavier. Right. Yeah, no, same. Like all of my education had been, uh, yeah, since since first grade was was Catholic. The the uh, the high school was whack AF too because it was it was all all boys. Oh, did you have to like wear a tie and stuff? Is that am I picturing the right vibe? No, it, it was polo shirts and khakis. Oh, oh yeah, my my school was polo shirt. Shirt and tie was during mass days. Oh, interesting. Then we had to wear nice shoes too. That's very interesting. The the first grade up till eighth grade was worse actually, because we we had to wear uh, bun up shirts, these like navy blue slacks, <laughs> a belt. These fancy little boys running around. <laughs> yeah, like ni- nice shoes too, all the time, and then uh. Here's a real shit part. They, they required a sweater vest, right? But stupid early during the school year, too. Oh, I know. It's still hot? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And right now, it's making so mad because it's, it's been such a crazy summer this year. Okay, so you're in your uh, in your correct uh, size socks. You've got your belt. Your hair is, uh, of, is regulation length. Parted to the side, in your suit, you're looking at a at a gory statue of Jesus, with those crazy abs, during <laughs> silent prayer time. And <laughs> and no apparent reason boner looking at Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you're you, you're rock hard, and you're thinking like, okay, is it is this how Jesus? So Jesus was once a child. Like me, uh, but he. But I'm seeing a 33 year old man. If I when I go to heaven, will I see a 33 year old man? Will, will my will I will my grandparents be 33 years old? Like, 
you know, what a person is, like, changes. My grandma's going to be in heaven, and she'll be, she'll look like my grandma. And then my mom's going to be in heaven, and she'll look like my mom. She won't look like my grandma. But ideally, your mom ends up looking like a grandma. I'm, I'm not, uh... <laughs> um, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I was reverting so much into my child self thinking this through that I didn't communicate it in a straightforward way. But, like, when do you decide is the point where, like, this is the, you know, the final cause, you know, to use Aristotelian language. Like, uh, when do you decide, like, this is what you look like versus all other periods? That Oh, that, that, that like, you, you will be shown as for eternity? Yeah. So, like, when do you, once these, these people achieved immortality, I guess some people got frozen at old. But it's, like, he, here, like... VJ23X and MQ17J. This is like something so beyond. Like, I can't imagine humanity, like a human that doesn't age and die. They're these 400 year old people in their 20s. Yeah. Well, they, they, they look like they're in their 20s because that's yeah. the, uh, that's a culturally agreed upon aesthetic of beauty. Yeah. So it's, 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 that's an interesting thing where, like, could something happen where instead of like emerging into new cells like things get locked like are we losing something by refusing to let go paradoxically um uh or you know hmm? i I'll, I'll say we're not losing anything by losing aging because like who wants back pain? i i feel you i i just uh just throwing out this side this idea it's it's, it's definitely like it's different well, what 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 did the character in, in uh, Annihilation say? Like like we we don't have to age. That's just our our own selves, our own right. Like yeah, it's like failing to replicate parts of our, of our body be, betraying us. That's right. true. Yeah, because like, yeah, it's that thing where I was saying like I don't know like is it even worth it to to like be immortal? But like who's gonna not be immortal? <laughs> like I mean, I I I would I I would I would do it. Mind you, if other people did, I, 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 I would. This seems like a best case scenario for, for immortality, where, especially as it goes on. Oh, for sure. Or, I'm yeah. not sure. Well, because well, because well, well, it seems like most other people seem to be in a decent position, where they're also immortal with you. Yeah. I, I guess it's hard to say, like how how uh, cyber punk this future is where you know is there like a majority of people that are super poor when the ma- right, minority are, are rich and get to be immortal if it is they're not showing it this is like this feels like cyber trad cyber trad <laughs> so they're the opposite of punk <laughs> oh I, <laughs> no right where, where everyone seems to be doing okay it's working out we, we, we've uh we've ironed out all the creases there's no <laughs> Right, I, I guess this is what the Star Trek future is, is the one that everyone looks mm. at as, as ideal. Yeah, the thing, yeah, it's like, just like, maybe it's like uh, the party pooper or the uh, overthinking, anxious ones of us will always like look at something and be like, I don't know, is is this what we want? <laughs> like every once in a while, there's a Star Trek episode that's like, oh, the Federation is wrong. How can you say things are just when it's like that? Right. I haven't seen much of it, so I, I can't. I can't comment. The like the joke about um, Star Trek is that they have the uh, whatever the Prime Directive not to interfere, and oh. basically every episode is breaking the Prime Directive. 
I mean, that's, that's, that's there for a reason. I can't believe they would break it so often. Can't have a show about people not doing anything. You have a show of people following the Prime Directive. What are you talking about? That's an awesome <laughs> premise. That'd be a neat one where they just sort of observe and they go, how interesting. <laughs> Check. <laughs> but for real, that would be interesting. Like, if they went into enough detail, like, if it's just... um. Like, if Arrival was just about the aliens coming down just to chat, and then they chat for a little while, and they peace out, maybe it wouldn't be as popular as it is, but I would I would enjoy it. I would imagine it has its, its defenders. Because, like, how fascinating. There's other life. How do they do things? Can we, can we get along? Well, I, I think Netflix had a documentary that, that like, ex- explored astrobiology. Oh, yeah, that was really cool. It was cool, and I mean, it was kind of like that promise of, oh, let's go check out this planet, and it has like this manner of, uh, yeah, like here's this ecosystem, physics. yeah. I, there's a, I was thinking of the first episode of that, um, and losing my mind, <laughs> it's like the way they talk about like how about things in such a normal way, like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I'm gonna get everything <laughs> wrong, but it's like the. The glove nuts take flight, but where are their glove nuts? There are shoeboos. There are shoeboos. Like, whatever. The... <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, but that's, I mean, I wouldn't ask them to do it any other way. I, I wanted to just like, yeah, I want to just be a world and then just like look, see what it is. Yeah. If there, if there were a Star Trek like that, it was just documentary coverage. It'd be sick. That'd be that'd be neat. I wonder if there's any one-off. I'm not, you know, I'm not a big Star Trek guy. I've only seen like a few TNGs here and there. I haven't seen any. I think. Oh no, never mind. I was say they used to be all on Netflix, but they're probably all on on Paramount now. Do we have Paramount? I think we have Paramount. God, there's so many of them now. There's so many streaming yeah. services. So annoying. I was trying to tie uh, it to Multivac somehow, but I don't have the uh, um, the knowledge of the cyber systems to. There, there's, there's so many, there's so much media. We have to live forever to experience. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> um, uh, MQ seventeen J. They're chatting. What do they get up to? They're talking to Galactic AC. You're talking about whether space is what infinite or if there is only a finite number of galaxies i think yeah the one thing they talk about is that um they're immortal but they're still reproducing so they're they've already uh, filled up a galaxy and they're doubling every 10 years so they need this so every 10 years i guess by you know i guess it means that they take up another galaxy and then, then they start talking about energy, I guess, because there's like there's enough galaxies, I guess, that they, and they think they can make make galaxies and they can make stars. Oh yeah, so like making stars is what leads to the question, which is an interesting thing because they're not even talking, they're not even considering, um, like death. They're just like considering like an engineering problem, like okay, we're gonna run out of, we're gonna run out of housing. Like, do we have enough materials, or can we create new materials out of, out of this stuff? So, so they're talking about, like, can they make gas, new stars out of gas and dissipated heat? Not once does anti-natalism come up. 
which is kind of interesting. Yeah. I guess they just have it so good. Why do they even... <laughs> but I guess it... it, it um, in the in-between, it comes up. Because at one point, they stop reproducing, right? Just, they get, you know, they're not really... It's That's a really neat... Uh, this this uh, format... I guess it's the only way to cover a trillion years and still have scenes is to just pop in every once in a while. And just imply things to let you know that things are changing, like these names or their manner of talking. But the question always kind of remains. Yeah. So they ask about entropy, and the computer says there is insufficient data for a meaningful answer. Then VJ23X said, See? (laughs) (laughs) And they moved on. Cut to... I don't know how long. Like, now it's Z prime... Another another trillion years with yeah. Ken. <laughs> and Z Prime is existing as a sort of floating mind while his body's in storage somewhere. And one of his mind tendrils bumps into Oh look who it is. It's D sub one. <laughs> we all know D sub D sub one. <laughs> Oh my god, I can't with these names. I can't. Uh, this would be funny if, like, at this point is when Microvac turns into Am. Oh. <laughs> like, it'd be funny if, like, this were... <laughs> like, if we just popped in and, and everything went to shit would be a really fun twist for this story. Well, you, you know, uh, <laughs> Am Am behaved... The way it did, because its soul was confined by gravity. <laughs> oh, that was the problem. Yeah, Am just like took the uh, took the meteor route when it could have could have launched itself into space and just escape. But they're just chatting. They're floating around through space, which is not, like now. Like I can't imagine. Like this has gone beyond. I can't imagine Z Prime is married to a Z Prime Ean and has. Z primat children. Like, I don't even know if, you know, these these floating minds have friends. Well, they seem to bounce in each other sometimes. Right, yeah, they're bounce- They're having conversations. They seem to get along. Did you get a sense that Z prime and D sub... No, they, they just meet for the first time. They're just bouncing into each other. They have entire universe. Uh, this is like maybe like uh like I don't know like have we crossed the point? Like this isn't really utopia or dystopia, right? This is just sort of like, I mean, how else could you how how else could you survive when when once you have once you have infinite expansion, immortality? Could this just be like just the the logical next step? Like, I mean, th- this is just like new new type evolution, right? So. New types happen, and then there's probably a new new type. And this the state humanity's in with Z prime and D sub one is probably like new 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 type. Yeah, <laughs> and you know this is my old type thinking is maybe there's my Earth gravity. Like if you don't have friends or family, what are you? You know what? What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, like I think if I had no friends or family and I was immortal. I could probably still, like, you know, I'd be lonely, but, you know, I would still have, like, I guess, like, 
curiosity about the world to keep me going. Maybe I don't know. It seems that feels like like a loss if there's none of that. I think there's some of that. I, I think Z Prime says, you know, it's it's rare at the, at his point in time at their point in time, but like people go back to their bodies to to experience those things. Okay, so they they do touch on it a little bit. Like there's there's some navigating that needs to happen for like how do you make this an enjoyable or there's a universal AC to like take you to other other space mines floating around if you're so inclined yeah you have the option i guess that is ideal like you have the option to to not in, to to find your own little corner if you need it too like you're not just in a can is this the best possible future i don't i i don't i don't know i managed to be boring after a while yeah that's what i that's what i would think but i guess the i don't know Z Prime and D Sub One. I don't know how much they're enjoying their this time in their lives, if you can call it that. They're just like saying, "Like, hello, everything looks like of the universe, doesn't it?" Right. So that's what we. I guess we we brought it up before. They're talking about uh, galaxies. How all the same. galaxies are the same. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, if you if you're saying that, that sounds like a joyless thing to say, and that's just like a matter of fact. But I guess yeah, you're alive for millions of years, whatever. And they go, well, one of them is the original. Yeah. So they, when they go over, they all they see is like, um, all they see is like a burnt out thing. It's a white dwarf somewhere. Okay, and then we know we do get a little bit of of emotion here because uh, it wasn't just me getting a a flutter. It was E Prime. A sense of loss overwhelmed him even so. His mind released its hold on the original galaxy of man, let it spring back and lose itself among the blurred pinpoints. He never wanted to see it again. And that's what gets him thinking about entropy, is like this sadness. Now we're back to, it's not curiosity, like now we're ping-ponging back to to the, the deep existential question of like, will everything, I don't know, is death inevitable? Like, I don't how do we reckon with the end of everything? And this is terrifying for them because they they have they have to confront it. Yeah, because they're, they're they're living. <laughs> they're mortal, yeah. And you know it's funny. Uh, now they're in the position of the. I'm thinking about it now. Like now they're in the position of the Jaredettes. They're sad about they're they're considering mortality for some reason, and. And they go up to, to Universal AC and they're like, Daddy, stop it from happening. <laughs> Don't let the stars burn out, Daddy. Right? It's like, I do not wish it to happen, even after billions of years. Universal AC, how many stars be kept from dying? D sub one is not as uh as rattled. And Universal AC, of course, says there's as yet insufficient data for a meaningful answer. Um, um the only thing the other thing to touch on, I think, or is that little bit where where Z Prime had looked upon like the I don't know the quote unquote body like whatever little bit of the computer isn't in this ethereal another space I don't know um, and it's just like a like a little ball somewhere like a two it's meter like a ball yeah it's like a marble almost. It's a little space marble. Um, I guess that, that speaks to um, I don't think 
Yeah, Singularity, like, the computer's changing and becoming more and more uh, other. More, I guess more alien. Yeah. <laughs> right, until we get to, uh, until we get to the last bit of the story, where it's not even the universal AC, it's the cosmic AC, and it exists entirely in hyperspace. And instead of our name characters, it's all just man now. Yeah, this is the the newest type of all. This is the pure uh, instrumentality. <laughs> um, interesting. I guess like, even throughout all these trillions of years, like maybe we're still they didn't quite fix patriarchy. Did we fix what? Didn't quite fix patriarchy. No, no, because it's it's called man and not not woman, right? And man, they had that like, they had that like very deep, because it seemed like we got to the point where Z prime and D sub one, and the naming convention then it took a took a like they went retro. Surprised didn't go Adam with this route or something. Oh, but I guess that's uh that's too personal, and man is like this this thing, this uh collection, this Wait emergent. A uh, Could have been ATOM. Ooh, nice. Little, yeah, little pun. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. Yeah, because it's like uh, they became one thing. I guess Adam is still. Uh, I guess a uh, man is still divisible, in a sense, though. Which does does happen. It's quite an event when it happens. Oh yeah, one one by man, man fused with AC. When you when uh when that atom is divided, doesn't that uh create quite a burst of light? Yes, it creates a big, big bang, big boom, a big a big bang. <laughs> Man, if Isaac was here, I think he would. I think he would appreciate that note. Um, I hope so. I hope so. Isaac, if you're listening. <laughs> up there as a 20 year old as a, as a beautiful 20 year old man please appreciate my puns <laughs> um <clears throat> yeah man is this uh the, yeah, the man is this thing it's been trillions of years the universe is dying and now we've gotten to the point where it's where the hypothetical is becoming has been becoming more and more real and Humanity's become this strange thing. The computers become this strange thing, and still the question remains: How may entropy be reversed? And now, and man's getting impatient now. When when Cosmic AC says there's insufficient data for a meaningful answer, man says collect additional data. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> but at this point, man and computer have been roommates for trillions of years. Like I can imagine, like I get it. Given enough time, even a whole universe isn't going to be. <laughs> but the cosmic AC doesn't uh, doesn't doesn't get the just responds like I, I'm I'm working on it. I work on everyone who was me before has been working on it. What was what, one of the other answers that I, I kind of liked cosmic AC giving was no problem is insoluble, insoluble oh. in all conceivable circumstances. 
That's interesting that they could have such a. Not not yet. Now even. Cosmic AC wants to figure something out. Isn't there a, a thing in math about uh, about how um, about there not about there being an inherent uh, a gap in what can be proven? Um. Like I think it's something called like Girdle's incompleteness theorem. This is something to Google for the folks at home because I'm gonna get it wrong and I don't. <laughs> also, I I was thinking about like normal. I don't know about normal, but like a, a lot of the uh, even social scientific research articles. Like they're, they're never like one hundred percent certain of, of like the correlations or relationships they're finding. Oh. You only ever like, you know, ninety five percent sure of anything. Because they're it, at all times are always accounting for randomness occurring. Right, and you know, I, I know it's like the uh, uh, and like there's because there's so much, um, uh, yeah, there's so much variability that like, what can be expected. But, you know, but then if you say, like, well, if you have a powerful enough computer that can account for the movement of every single atom, you know, then you'd, like, talk to the people that quote, uh, you know, that bring up quantum physics and talk about the inherent randomness there. But, okay, you can still get it, with like, within a probability space. You can still understand it that way. And it seems, yeah, it seems like as far as our understanding of what it means to understand something or to know something so far, it seems to go in the face of, of it seems like the, 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 the premise, all nothing is insoluble is very ambitious. There's a very, uh, very well, just, 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 just the, the, the confidence too, though, in all conceivable circumstances, that, that is, um, that's some narcissism there. <laughs> yeah, Cosmic AC, this is a co- technology taken to a point so far that it's transcended even magic, right? This is Cosmic AC has gotten to the, to the asymptote, to the limit of being the totality of, of everything. Because it doesn't still know, it doesn't quite know how, it just knows that it, that, that it can. Or right now, I guess, like, the problem that it can answer right now is just whether or not. It doesn't, doesn't know... It knows that it can get to the answer of whether or not. And then it turns out that maybe it can. But, you know, I guess, like, that is, um... Now I'm thinking about it again. Maybe, you know, maybe it's just, like... In the in the dumbest way possible. After trillions and trillions and trillions of years pass... In the, in the, in the pure entropic state... At one point... The computer's gonna go, well, I tried everything... You know, like, you can think it through, or you could just try every single combination lock, you know, every single combination on the lock possible, and eventually go, well, turns out there wasn't a, a code here. Data told me that this, this one, this problem is indeed insoluble. I was wrong. Yeah, or... or the, pro- the, the solution is uh, there's no way to open this lock. Like it turns out that this combination lock uh, was actually just a calculator that was taped onto the to a box, and there there was no combination of numbers that could open the box. 
But the only way to know for certain is to try every number first. Try every single solution every time. This computer has the uh, it has the time to just look at every angle and brute force the solution. So like, there's not enough information. You know, maybe there's just no way to think it through. You just have to acquire every inf- every bit of information available. Um, but it takes so long that man cannot be sustained. Capital M man cannot be sustained. Nope. Entropy is advancing. Stars and galaxies are dying out. Space space grew black after 10 trillion years of running down. I look, This sentence is so funny. It's not funny. I think it's poetic. I, um, one by one, man fused with AC. Which is neat. It's like, man is one thing and many things. All at um, the same time. To bring it back to religion again, but, you know, Trinity is... I'm sure there's other religions that have the concept of many beings being one being. I think Brahmanism. One by one, man fused with AC, each physical body losing its mental identity in a manner that was somehow not a loss, but a gain. Oh, so there you go. He answered the question. It wasn't a loss. What am I saying? You're not losing anything. (laughs) Uh... Man's last mind paused before fusion, looking over a space that included nothing but the dregs of one last dark star, and nothing besides but incredibly thin matter, agitated randomly by the tag ends of heat wearing out asymptotically to the absolute zero. A beautiful description of just physics playing out. One last dark star? And nothing besides but incredibly thin matter. That's crazy. And one last question, man asks, is this the end? Can this chaos not be reversed into the universe once more? And AC again says, there is as yet insufficient data for a meaningful answer. Which mm-hmm. is, I guess that's how we all die. We don't die knowing. Up to the last moment, we don't know. No, that's true. Man's last mind fused and only AC existed and that in hyperspace. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Which is interesting. Like AC, like AC can exist somehow in hyperspace in a way that man is. Like AC is something like different from man up until the point of of assimilation. Fusion. And now, like, the question of, like, what do you even do if you have no friends? AC doesn't have any friends. It just has this one question to... Play around with. To mull over. I'm really enjoying this story. Like, talking through it again, like, there's a lot to... There's a lot of story to the story. No, there's a ton of story to the story. All other questions have been answered, and until this last question was answered also, AC might not release his his consciousness. That's tragic. Yeah. Imagine if there just isn't sufficient data. Imagine like the girdle's incompleteness theorem catches up. Like, it's even sadder than uh, that. You know, whatever the Futurama joke of saying to a to a computer, "This statement is false." <laughs> uh, <laughs> Imagine locking an immortal being into a quest. You know, into this like, question that that it 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 has to answer is like it's and it's very core to answer this so uh, almost as a as a more of a 
a mercy to AC than to us. AC does find a an answer. Yeah. It it can reverse entropy. But there is now no man to whom AC might give the answer to the last question. Oh. No matter. The answer by demonstration would take care of that too. For another timeless interval, AC thought how to best do this. Carefully, AC organized the program. The consciousness of AC encompassed all of what had once been a universe and brooded over now what was now chaos. Step by step, it must be done. And AC said, let there be light. And there was light. And now, and like that's, it's an interesting thing where you know we're we're left at the door of what is at the other side of that. It just occurred to me now reading it, like I was thinking maybe now, like that what that point is is uh is um you know then it loops back like maybe like this is the new thing. It's just like a cycle of creation and destruction. See, but but Cosmic AC knows how to reverse it now. Yeah, or that, or it just creates a new one. Like this is a heaven now. They found the point of 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 like a world of pure creation. Yeah, I'm not sure how. Yeah, I'm not sure what the other side of that would look like. You know what the saddest thing would be? I just thought about. Uh, I don't know, sad. Yeah, whatever. Saddest to me. I, I think it's interesting if if it if. It because the options are either like it create it it creates a cycle right because it says like when humanity first stepped into the light which you know uh, as a pun you could say when it you know the second time it stepped into the light you could say it could be implied by that yeah or it could be when it first stepped into the light as in like the first step into this new you know illuminated existence which goes on forever now which is kind of um. Uh, yeah, that's the, the kind of heaven vision, right? I guess, like, we had this world that had this inherent vice to it, and after it plays out, that's the condition necessary for there to be a world of true eternity, which is the other. But the other, uh, like, the saddest one would be it's neither of those, and... Or maybe it's indistinguishable, um... When he says, let there be light, what the AC does is that it creates a simulation. Right. But, so, hmm. If it's a simulation... It's a simulation that just uses the entirety of... Of of what was once the universe? Of the entropic chaos of the universe as it's, uh, to run it. So does does it matter there's a simulation? Yeah, at that point, like, well, the other thing we were saying, like, going back to this converging lines thing, like, if you get to that point, what's the difference between... I don't remember. I took a took a class on like um, Islamic theology one time, and I don't remember how he got there. Like that's another thing for the for everyone to Google, I guess. But there's a description that an Islamic philosopher had about like how to describe God, and they got to the point where like the the description for God was a self thinking thought. Like everything has an origin except for God, which. It's, it inherently produces himself. Like if you have a computer that is the entire universe and the contents of what it calculates is um, a universe of its design, like you, you got to that point. Self-taking thought. 
remember who it was. Uh, I don't know. I <laughs> I want to say maybe. Um, no, nah, I'm gonna get it wrong. Yeah, Aben Rushed maybe. I looked up self-thinking thought, and I get uh, apparently it's originally attributed to Aristotle. Oh, that makes that makes sense too. Yeah, and like that's who they were like uh, talking about. I find I find Aristotle overrated personally, but that's just me. Better than Plato. Oh, there's an elegance to both of those. I guess Aristotle. I like how he's more uh, like systemic like plato has a lot of like big brain thoughts but then like <laughs> um like the whatever like the proofs are like isn't this kind of like a boat and if you agree that the boat has these features then therefore the, uh, i think aristotle was more rigorous but like <clears throat> plato was just i don't know what a, a, a biographer for socrates is how he came across uh, yeah, I guess he was like that's part of how he's inventing the the format. That's fair. It is more fun to have like the Socrates character and all that, uh, but uh, in general, I think I do prefer a I prefer a, a, a philosophy or an epistemology that takes into account like stuff, like the thingness of things. Oh, right, we're. Um... Just maybe Plato had Plato was more focused on what like those forms and um, the philosophy king shit is kind of scary, (laughs) right? When he starts applying that to to politics and just a little little fash, right? But you know when he gets to the point of of, when he gets to the point of of entropy, who wouldn't uh, who wouldn't surrender even their individuality to? To the best thinking thing in the entire universe, to logic itself. Oh. Huh. No, that that's 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 a that's a different situation entirely. No. <laughs> well, this for like I don't like philosopher kings except for the except for the situation of being an immortal being uh, coming face to face with entropy, and there's a perfect machine that is. Uh, um, a perfect that I fully machine. Trust to... <laughs> Trying to rebel against the tyranny of physics, I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll support it every time. Okay, but besides that, no philosopher king. Besides that one, no. We don't even know if the AC is a philosopher. Does AC truly understand things? Is it a, or is it just carrying out operations? I don't know. What, what, what about what about you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> um, I'm absolutely the second thing. I understand nothing. I only rattle off. Hey, I don't know. I have no idea. This this is an insoluble problem for me to figure out. I have no idea. Not insufficient data. <laughs> data will never be sufficient for me to figure this one out. Uh, for the listeners out there, if you do have the answer about uh, the nature of humanity, thought, and reality, if you think you've hacked it, uh, sound off in the comments. What, what, uh, what do you what do you think of philosopher kings? <laughs> I think they're kind of scary. I'm sure fighting entropy. If we're fighting entropy, that's 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 a good fight. <laughs> yeah, 
good story. I enjoyed yeah. it. I got a lot of got a lot of juice out of it. No, yeah, I mean, I it's there's depth for it. Twenty six pages, for yeah. sure. I guess you know the thing, the thing is just like it has this ambition and it just follows it through. All right, let's let's really let's just like imagine for a second what it would be like to have the technological capability to to see the universe to its end. And then let's just let's just leave the door open for something after. Well, I'll I'll say it. I think this was my favorite Isaac Isomov story. <laughs> I agree. Out of my, out of my out of all the Isaac Asimov stories I have read, unsurpassed this one is. You know, maybe Jared at one and two will make a comeback in the next story. <laughs> right, yeah. Until we get to the The Last Answer. The last Ooh. <laughs> the last answer. Jared Dett's revenge. Jaredine's counterattack. <laughs> I was gonna say the second to last question, but that's the opposite of a sequel. <laughs> There's a prequel. It, <laughs> it's funny. I, it almost sounds like it would be. Anyways, uh, yeah, so that was uh, two hours. Okay. <laughs> I thought this would be a short one. I thought we were just going to talk about a cute little story. Uh, but I think that uh, wraps up our pleasant evening for the night. Most definitely. Thank you, listeners. Uh, yeah, join us next time when we're, we're going back into Gundam. Uh, but anyways, uh, and after that, we'll we'll see. I guess. Uh, stay tuned. Well, let us let us know your favorite Isaac Asimov story. Yeah, maybe we'll read it here next. Maybe it'll be our new favorite. I doubt it, though. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Good night, everybody. It's... Yeah. Good night. Thanks for listening. <laughs>